0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God never called the church to be silent. He never called his people to be silent. And he has not called us to be silent today. But the church must have a voice. The church must lift its voice. And you and I, as children of God, what must also have a voice today? Hear me today. Hear me as I speak to you amen our greatest threat isn't satan our greatest threat isn't a government or the mark of the beast our greatest threat in this nation is a church that no longer has a voice Our greatest threat is as a people of God, we refuse to speak what needs to be said and what God calls us to say. It's a church that loses its voice that will be the detriment of a society. Thank you, Brother Jones, and uh, good to be here online with everybody from both Landmark and uh, elsewhere. If you gathered together, we appreciate you spending a little time with us this morning. Um, I look around today and we're missing so much of what makes this church an awesome church, and that is the people and the talent that the Lord has blessed us with here. And I, I, I was sitting there thinking as Brother Jones was praying, my mind was uh, speaking over different needs, but it was also thinking about uh, what it feels like to stand here and preach to an empty uh, an empty church. Um, it's not a pleasant thing. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. It's not something that that I enjoy. Uh, it's kind of like going to a restaurant and uh you order that big baked potato. They have a one here at a particular restaurant in this town, they call it a loaded baked potato. And that's what it is. It has all kinds of meats and cheeses and bacon on it and sour cream and uh, onions, everything that you can imagine on that on that baked potato. And uh, every once in a while, uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, ordering one of those and, and enjoying that baked potato with all the extras on it. It makes it taste so, wonderful but today I look around I feel like I'm the baked potato and there's nothing to go <laughs> on it. There's no music in the background playing softly while I'm setting up the sermon. There's nobody in the congregation uh, saying amen. Uh, there's, there's no hand claps. There's, there's no singing uh, together. Uh, it's just it, it, but the meat of the word is still here today. And the thing that will fill you, the thing that you can survive on, maybe we don't have all the extras today, but we have what you need to survive, we have what you need to live, and that is the Word of God. And so I want you to go with me, if you have your Bibles there with you, uh, to turn with me to Exodus chapter 1, and we're going to read uh, verse 6 down through verse 8. I feel like the Lord has given me a word for you today, something for you to take and chew on. I feel like He's given me some direction today for the church, for our congregation, and maybe even for those who are not a part of our congregation. Maybe you attend elsewhere, or maybe you don't have a home church. This, I believe, is a word that will touch each and every one of us. Exodus chapter 1, verse 6 It says, and Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. So everybody that was connected with Joseph, Joseph who was a great man, his brothers, his father, his mother, all of those that were part of his family, they had passed away. And the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. A new king, which knew not Joseph. And I want to speak to you today uh, on a message that I have entitled, when the godly go silent, I want you to think about that for just a moment. What happens when the godly refuse to speak? What happens when the godly lose their voice? I want to, with the help of the Lord, share this with you today because I believe that this can be a pivotal moment in the history of this church right here in southern Illinois. I believe that it can be a pivotal moment. Pivotal moment. Pivotable. (laughs) Maybe I ought to just change the word. A pivotable. (laughs) Pivotal moment. Hallelujah, Lord, help me. Jesus. (laughs) Amen. This can be a life-changing moment for our church, for your life. Amen. The book of Genesis ends uh, on a high note, if you read it. Of course, it starts off when God creates the earth, he creates everything that's in the earth, and then it moves forward to the point where Joseph enters the picture, and uh, it finally finishes out before the book of Exodus with a wonderful story of Joseph being reunited with his family. It's at this point that Joseph has already gone through all the ups and the downs of life. The things that life threw his way, this dreamer that God used to save a nation from starvation, from extinction, he never wavered in his faithfulness to God. Joseph is quite possibly my most favorite and beloved biblical character. Simply for this fact, is that no matter what came his way, no matter what he faced No matter the high or the low that he was, that he found himself in in life, Joseph remained faithful. And because of his faithfulness, an entire nation was saved from starvation. Amen. God used this great man. Even when his brothers threw him in a pit, you find Joseph being faithful. When he's promoted in Potiphar's house, He doesn't get the big head and feel like he no longer needs the Lord. No, you still find Joseph remaining faithful. When he's imprisoned, he's faithful. And when he's empowered, he is faithful. Joseph was a man that God could trust to do and to say the right thing. I want to be a man like Joseph. I want to have a life That stays and remains faithful to the call, to the dream, to the vision, to the voice of God. And not only do I want to remain faithful like Joseph remained faithful, but I also want to, throughout my life, remain to have a voice in this wilderness, in this life. Joseph could have saved himself a lot of grief on the front end of things had he just kept his God-given dream to himself. If you look back at the story of his life, as a young man, he was favored by his father, given a coat of many colors, and his brothers despised him because of it. So he was already uh, had he already had a bullseye upon his back. But then Joseph receives a dream from the Lord that one day all of his brothers would bow down, and Joseph had the audacity to speak this into existence. And this created a lot of havoc for his life. His brothers despised him because of it. If he would have just remained quiet, but no. Joseph could not remain silent when God was at work in his life. Joseph's voice was going to be heard because he had heard from God. And even though his voice caused him a certain amount of grief in the early beginning stages of his life, It was his voice that would ultimately save both he and his family can you imagine today what would have taken place had joseph remained silent what would have happened the difference in the story's outcome had joseph kept it to himself because when the godly go silent something very tragic is bound to take place God gives us dreams so that we can voice those dreams into reality. I believe that God gives us Word in our life. God gives us direction in our life. And he expects us to speak those things. God never called the church to be silent. He never called his people to be silent. And he has not called us to be silent today. But the church must have a voice. The church must lift its voice. And you and I as children of God. What must also have a voice today? Final verse of Genesis. Tells us the story. Joseph dies at the age of 110 years old. That's quite a life. That's quite a lengthy amount of time. He could have died in the pit, but he didn't. He could have died in the prison, but he didn't. Because God had a plan for this man who spoke what needed to be said. He had a plan for this man who was willing to voice what needed to be heard, whether it was popular or not. He had a plan not just for Joseph, but for Joseph's rebellious brothers. He had a plan not just for Joseph and his brothers, but he had a plan for Joseph's family. He had a plan for all of Israel. He had a plan to save the 12 tribes of Israel from starvation before they even realized that they were going to be the 12 tribes of Israel. You see, salvation came through a man that spoke what God wanted said, whether it was a popular message or not. Sometimes when God speaks and He asks you to relay what He is speaking, it's not always going to be the popular thing. There are times when it will be easier to remain silent. There will be times when it will be much simpler just to remain quiet, to keep the mouth shut, to not relay what God once said. But I told somebody in a Bible study just not too long ago that I'd rather speak the whole truth in love right now and for them to hate me today than to not say what needs to be said and have them hate me for what I didn't say on the day of judgment I don't want anybody looking for me on judgment day because I didn't say what needed to be said I don't want there to be somebody in this city that is lost on judgment day and is looking for somebody from this congregation from this church that has been planted in this city for not saying what needs to be said it's a tragic thing when the godly go silent Because God has given us a word to speak, and it must be said. It must be said in love, but it must be said. It's not always easy to speak truth. It's not always popular to relate the dreams that God provides. But your voice is important. Your voice must be heard. The Bible lets us know that it is our testimony mixed with His blood that has the power to make us overcomers. But what happens when a testimony is not spoken? What good is a testimony that's never voiced? What good is what God has done for you and brought you out of darkness into his marvelous life? If nobody ever hears the story of how God brought you out of that darkness, brought you out of that pit, brought you out of that prison, and gave you a voice. God gave you a voice so that you could speak of his glorious wonders that he has accomplished in your life. Joseph kept his brothers, his family, his nation from being extinguished. But what did they do? What happened Once Joseph's voice was quieted. What happened to the people when nobody followed Joseph and his footsteps? Well, verse 7 tells us that some good things took place, that they were not exterminated, they were not extinguished by starvation, that they, even though they lived in Egypt, that they flourished amen they didn't die but they grew in number the bible says that they increased abundantly and that they multiplied and that the land was filled with them all because of the voice of one man all because one man spoke the dream that god gave him All because one man was willing to remain faithful and say what needed to be said, whether he stood before brothers or kings. It did not matter to him. Joseph was willing to speak what God told him to say. And because of that, a nation grew and multiplied. And the land was filled with God's people. They lived off the echoes of Joseph's voice for 300 years. Nobody ever picked up the mantle. Nobody ever filled his shoes. I find nowhere where the Bible says that somebody came along and followed Joseph's footsteps. No place is there a name that is mentioned where somebody filled in his stead once Joseph's voice was gone. No, they just lived off the memories, they lived off the stories, they lived off the history and the respect that was given to this great man who had saved them all from starvation. But no one had stepped into his role. No one had lifted their voice. For nearly three centuries, not one name is mentioned of all the people that the Bible says filled the land. No one's voice was heard. The godly truly had gone silent. And verse 8 says, now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. He was separated by enough time that no longer did he feel any allegiance to the voice of the past. And since there was no voice of the present, all of a sudden you find where drastic measures were put into place. This king didn't see Israel's growth as something that was good. It saw the multiplication of God's people as being something of a threat. It saw God's people, the Hebrews, the Israelite people, as they were flourishing and multiplying and filling the land as something that once again might need to be thought about being extinguished and put out. At least, at the very least, all the male children. And there was no voice. There was no one to speak up. And since there was no voice... It was as, was as simple as making a decree. And the Bible lets us to know that the Hebrews' lives became miserable with affliction. They set over them taskmasters. And they put them to work. They only allowed them to have female children. and if a male was born, all of a sudden, that male Hebrew child must be put to death. It's a dreadful thing when a nation's leader no longer remembers what saved it in the first place. It's a scary place to find ourselves when we no longer have a voice in the present, but we rely on the voices of the past to carry us through. That's what took place for Israelites, the Israelite people. They still remembered Joseph. And they still depended upon the one that had rule over them, his memory of Joseph. But there came along a king who couldn't remember Joseph, who cared not about the voices of the past, who didn't care about what had happened and what had saved them 300 years prior. Hear me today. Hear me as I speak to you. Amen. Our greatest threat isn't Satan. Our greatest threat isn't a government or the mark of the beast. Our greatest threat in this nation is a church that no longer has a voice. Our greatest threat is as a people of God, we refuse to speak what needs to be said and what God calls us to say. It's a church that loses its voice that will be the detriment of a society. We can fill the church with people until we multiply to the point of no room. There can be standing room only, and maybe in the sight of many that might be deemed as successful, but if the church has no voice if the church speaks not the things of God, if the preacher stands behind the pulpit and he plays patty cake and he's more of a, uh, a motivational speaker than a speaker of truth of the word of God, then we have lost our voice. And it's only a matter of time before somebody comes along that remembers not who Joseph was, remembers not and cares not about the voices of the past. Our present day in 2021 needs a church that has a voice, needs a church that is willing to speak, needs a church that is willing to stand behind a pulpit and behind a pastor and behind the Word of God and speak what needs to be spoken to a world that is lost and in need of salvation. Thank God for the Hebrew midwives Because if the godly go silent, if God's people lose their voice, evil will surely rule the day. There were some midwives who the Bible says feared God. They were not willing to go down quietly. They were not willing to follow the decree. They were not willing to destroy those male children that were born to the Israelite people. But the Bible says they feared God. They were women, I'm sure, that knew how to pray. If we ever needed people to lift their voices and pray, it is now. If we ever needed the church to find its voice, it is now. I'm thankful for the voices of the past. I I appreciate the TF Tinnies. Amen. I appreciate those that have gone on before us. The G.A. Mangans. I appreciate those that have been important in my own life. Amen. That, That I have sat under and I have listened to and I have heard. But how long can we go on the voices of the past? How long can the church remain silent and depend upon those who have gone before us and live off the their memories and live off the history of what they spoke into our life at some point we must find our own voice at some point we must come into the church house and not depend upon somebody else to lift their voice for us but as men and women of God I declare that when we come into the house of the Lord it is time to let our voices be heard for if the godly goes silent then it's only a matter of time Before captivity takes place and people find themselves in bondage, the word of the Lord tells us to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. The psalmist gives us all sorts of examples of things that we can use to make beautiful noise before the Lord. We use instruments. But more than anything else, I say we need to lift our voice because triumph is coming. There is a Moses that is about to be birthed into this story from Genesis that finds us saying goodbye to Joseph to 300 years later when we find God's children in a very dark place. Somebody began to lift their voice. There were some midwives that began to cry out to the Lord. And because of that, there was a man that was born that knew how to speak. And maybe he didn't feel like he spoke that well, but it does not matter how well we speak. Thank God for that as I introduced that to you early on in this message. Sometimes it's difficult to spit out what needs to be said. Sometimes it's difficult to say the words that our mind and our heart feel, but our mouth has a difficult time putting it together. But it is time to pray. It's time to lift our voice. It's not time for the godly to go silent. It is time for the godly to be heard such as we have never been heard before. It's time for your testimony to be proclaimed unto all the land. It's time for the church to shout with a voice of triumph because there is a birthing taking taken place. There is a Moses that is about to be born. There are some bulrushes that are springing up, there are some baskets that are being weaved there is a deliverer being prepared for an exodus out of bondage I close with this today, when Israel found its voice when finally there was a man that knew how to speak up When finally there was a man that walked back and told Pharaoh I need to have an audience with you. It's time you heard me out, I speak on behalf of all my people. Then it wasn't too long after that when the voice was heard that it led them out of Egypt. I close with this today. When we gather again, hopefully this Wednesday night, when Tuesday morning 7 a.m. prayer comes around for the men of this church and those of us that gather here, I'm not looking for a quiet little prayer service. I'm looking to hear the voices of men of God as they cry out on behalf of their families. I'm looking to hear the men of vo- the voices of men that cry out on behalf of a city that needs God. I'm looking to hear when we gather together and we begin to sing the songs of worship and we begin to pray over the needs of God's people. I'm asking this church, find your voice. Lift your voice. Amen. don't be intimidated by the silence that is all around you. Don't be intimidated by the things that Try to quiet you because the devil and the demonic team that he has working for you is going to try to silence what you have to say. But I tell you today, rebel against it with every fiber of your being. Lift your voice to the one that has the power to overcome. Let your testimony be heard. And you, as you lift it up to the one who is leading us, remember, he is leading us out of bondage. He is leading us out of bondage today. He's leading us to a place of promise. Let there be no restrictions on praise. We've lived for a year now under restrictions. We've lived for a year now trying to do the right thing. I've watched the effects that it has had upon God's people. I don't fear for the church, the church is doing good. I do however feel fear for those that have been caught up on the sidelines, those that that have allowed this to affect their relationship with God. I want you to understand something today, I love you. And just because you may have walked away from God, just because you might be in a dark place just because you might be in a place of lukewarm state don't you for one second think that this church doesn't love you don't you think for one second that we're not praying for you that we don't care for you God is going to lead out of bondage as Moses came he said what needed to be said of God, the people of Israel followed the man of God out of the place of bondage. I'm asking you today I'm not asking you to do anything that I, I'm not willing to do for my do myself but I'm asking you today when we gather together, if it's a full house or it's a handful I'm asking you to find your voice I'm asking you to worship I'm looking for some breakthroughs I'm looking for some supernatural things to take place yes in the midst of a pandemic absolutely there's no better place for God to move than in the midst of where we are today asking you to lift your voice and pray for those that have lost their way for those that have drawn cold for those that no longer seem to care about the things of God don't give up on them pray for them let your voice be heard lift that voice up before the king of kings There's no restrictions on worship in this place. So don't put a restriction upon yourself. Don't put a restriction upon your voice. Be set free today. Feel the liberty that God has purchased for you. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, you'll find liberty to ask you to bow your heads right where you're at if your husband or wife is with you and you're close enough if you just reach over and take them by the hand if your children are there with you would you gather them in close fathers i especially am beseeching you right now to lead your family in prayer i know it may be uncomfortable but it'll never be comfortable Until we first break through and find our voice. As a man of God, as a priest of your family, that you lift your voice and lead your family in prayer right now. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, hear us today. God, this room is quiet because it lacks your people. Lord, I pray that all over every city God that under the sound of my voice there are people that are listening to this message today God that there are people that are lifting their voice to you God and crying out to the king of kings Lord hear us today God we can't depend upon a voice from the past we must be the voice of the present we can't just rely upon those that have gone before us appreciate the fact that they have paved the way. God, that they've made the road a little bit easier. God, maybe they've made the road slightly too easy at times, For we have sometimes grown a little too comfortable. God, maybe it's time, Jesus, for us to begin to blaze our own trail. God, for us to be able to have some of our own hardships. God, for I ask you today, Jesus, whatever it takes, Let the church find its voice. Whatever it takes, let every man of God, Lord, as they lead their family, lead them into a place, God, of renewal and relationship with you. Lord, we ask you today in Jesus' name, God, to bind every mother and father together. Lord, in relationship with you and with each other, to lead their families into all truth. God, we ask it all in the name of Jesus give us our voice God and when we gather back together again God as we come to worship you I pray that this place would fill up God with people who know how to pray God I pray that it would fill up with people who have found their voice and are willing to cry out to you Ah, but Father hear us today as we scream your name as we cry out unto the King Lord who saved us Truly, Lord, you are coming back. And there's a yet another exodus that's going to take place. We want to be willing to follow and as you lead us. Lord, we want to be willing to follow, Lord, the sound of your voice. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless!